The Athletic. Totally Football Show, European edition. Today, El Clasico, De Clasicare, the curse of Kim Kardashian and an unstoppable old lady in Calcio too. Plus, this week's crisis at PSG will still now, will no longer, and penalties dividing Bayern and Bayer like the lesser end. It's the Totally Football Show. Tuesday, 21st of March. Listener, our continental panel is assembled. Got Raphael Honigstein, Raphael, hello. Alvaro Romeo, hola, hola. James Horncastle, hello, and Julian Laurence. Bonjour. Wow, it's going to be a busy show. This, I think, it's one of the greatest weekends of football. Really, if you yeah. think about it, between what happened on the pitch, off the pitch, Ooh. in all competitions, yeah. it's been incredible. Boom. What happened on off the pitch? Antonio Conte, for example, oh, you that, know, loads yeah. of stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, Mourinho and Lotito, so oh, much. Mourinho like, and Lotito, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, you're so right. There, a lot of stuff happens. I see the and international break is inconvenient. Florentino not turning up. I mean, how rude yeah. is that? You that know, is like rude. loads of things. This weekend was one of the. This weekend, yeah, what have you done? Or did you play hockey all weekend? I made my point. Yeah. No, I so had I very much off the pitch. <laughs> I had, to, I, had uh, I had your company for a special day of City Hour action. That's which, correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was sick but of uh, you two after. To be fair, really? really? I mean, it was long. I mean, it's just like it's a big chunk of my day. With you you. But it was great. But it was just it was good to. And you'd rather spend point. it with other people? No, no, you were perfect. I just I was glad then it was over when it was over. Right. <laughs> people <laughs> tweeting in about your moment of the weekend, Rafa. So let's not keep them waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, James, <laughs> I think I have two moments of the week. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. but they're kind of one. All right. And they involve Tobias Stieler, ah. friendly German ref in charge of Leverkusen's 2-1 win over Bayern, who twice showed Amin Adli a yellow card for simulation and twice had to take back the yellow card and award penalties instead. You'd think the second time he would have felt a little bit... It was quite obvious the second time as well. He was certain. I mean, the the yellow card was out straight away and he was like, I'm really sorry, but you clearly died. Mm. So it wasn't (laughs) a (laughs) stealer knacked for him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Adli actually showed him his boot, which had come off in the first incident when Benjamin Pavard stepped on his heel. And later on, Robert Andrich, the Leverkusen midfielder, said, OK, so he dived and managed to take off his own boot at the same time. He should be a magician if that's what he did. <laughs> wow. But he didn't because it was a foul. Yeah. And Bayern admitted as much. OK. And two penalties saw Bayern Leverkusen defeat Bayern Munich, knocking them off the top of the Bundesliga. Woof. Alvaro, what about you? What was your moment of the weekend? Well, we're going to talk about El Clásico. Um, so there is another one which is very remarkable. Uh, basically, it's a lesson for many footballers. Just don't do something very special unless you are Messi, Suarez or Johan Cruyff. Uh, what am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, Rayo Girona. Uh, there was a penalty for Trejo. Trejo took it. The penalty had to be repeated because a couple of field players invaded the box. Mm. And Trejo had a second penalty, a second chance again. So he decided to pass the ball to Isi Palazón. And Isi Palazón arrived. Um, he managed to get a shot, but off the bar, unfortunately, off target. So, you know, Rayo missed that penalty. And, uh, you know, every time that something like this happens and you don't succeed, you look a little bit like a fool, which is what happened to the Rayo players. How did the mm. game finish, Alvaro? Exactly. Mm. It was 2-1 when he took that penalty. So not so easy. Like, yeah, but Thierry Henry and Robert Pires also missed it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just like, you know, average players. Indeed not. James. What's your moment of the weekend? Funnily enough, James, it's not that. Oh, no. It's this. We few. We happy few. We band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. 
And gentlemen in England, now abed, shall think themselves accursed they were not here, and hold their manhoods cheap, whilst any speaks that thought with us upon St. Crispin's Day! That's the second one? Yeah. That is the St. Crispin's Day speech from Henry V, which, of course, the Nord, the Lazio Ultras referenced wow. in their big scenografia mm. before one of the most memorable Derby della Capitale that I can remember. That is football James. heritage. That is real football heritage. Not only for what happened on the pitch, right. but what happened off the pitch. Off the pitch. And I imagine Probably we'll more get into that one. We'll talk pitch, about actually. more. Yeah, because there was. Go on, do it now. Okay, so you had Jose Mourinho, who was banned from the sideline, uh, apparently turning up at full time, yeah. being in the locker room, and then looking out of the locker room and seeing Lazio's owner, Claudio Lotito. Mm, and short little guy. Short loves little quoting guy, Latin. Loves quoting Latin. A little bit pompous. <laughs> Probably the most powerful man in Italian football as well. And uh, it's alleged that Mourinho looks at him and says, Ma che guardi? What the f*** are you looking at? Damn. And then Lotito, it's yeah. alleged, yeah. hits back with, Ma che guardi tu? Mm-hmm. Sta casa mia? Yeah. What the f*** are you looking at? This right. is my house. Damn. And then there was scuffles, altercations, Ooh. including uh, Roma's centre-back Gianluca Mancini. Again, alleged that he... Runs out of the locker room. Naked. In a state of undress. Naked. <laughs> is he naked? Is he half naked? It depends on which report you read. To confront Alessio Romagnoli. Oh, right. I love it. Romagnoli, naked as well or not? A former Roma Academy graduate who obviously went to AC Milan. But really, he's always been a Lazio fan. Mm. And, uh, and they were really rubbing it in because in the week... Well. <laughs> <laughs> in the week... When uh, Roma progressed in the Europa League and Lazio went out of the Conference League, Jose Mourinho, apropos of nothing, said, uh, ah, there's no third competition for Lazio, is there? Such a shame. Right. A real shame. And so Romagnoli, after Lazio beat Roma in the derby, he says, there's no third derby for Roma, is there? Mm. Such a shame. Such a shame. First derby double since 11-12? Yeah. Oh, wow. I enjoyed the game, but I'd rather had 90 minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was full on we WWE. Know where, we know where your tastes lie, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jules, tell us about a moment of the weekend from Ligue 1. Uh, Saturday, Lens Ooh. beat Angers. Uh, the game was good, but it's not, it's not, that's not my moment of the weekend. Uh-huh. The game itself is uh-huh. because the, in a fight against discrimination, racial discrimination, uh, the Lens players wore shirt with their usual numbers, but not with, the, not with the names on it. They decided to swap with other players in the squads of different colors to, to raise awareness against racial discrimination. So Seko Fofana, for example, mm. had his number eight. But uh, Jean-Louis Leca, the goalkeeper, who is white, uh, his name in, uh, above the number eight on his shirt and etc. And everybody swapped and changed their names to raise awareness, which I thought was a really good touch. Beautiful. And did they keep those jerseys throughout the game? Yeah. Yeah, they were well, allowed well, commentary by the was like. Well, imagine the referee as well. Well, you know the <laughs> Lecao for five, number eight is like, yeah, no, it was really good. It's going to be more difficult than commentating on Newcastle United what? from a commentator point of view. Right. Because it's impossible with the red colors and the colors of the shirt. It right. makes it very right. difficult to see which player has the ball, especially if you are far away. Mm. There you go. <laughs> well, that was uh, an excellent an excellent moment of the weekend It selection. was prepared, you know. It's yeah. not like I just arrived and I, I scrolled through my phone. Tonight. In, indeed, <laughs> indeed not. Indeed not. Uh, let's, uh, before we get on to some of the big games this weekend, let's have a quick word about the Champions League draw from last Friday. Champions League draw, which sees on one side of the grid, Real Madrid and Chelsea and Man City and Bayern Munich. But on the other, Inter taking on Benfica and Milan up against Napoli. Now, James, you've already gone... Big with your prediction for the final, which oh. you got down as checks notes Real Madrid Inter. I'm just going to leave the room by the way. For this <laughs> chat, <laughs> no, Real I Madrid think I can, I can make a case. Come on, go on. It's that Inter are a cup team, or at least they have been under Simone Inzaghi, who is a cup manager, right? He's won the Super Cup so many times, which is we all know the most important trophy in world football. Um, he's won the Cup Italia, he's in a cup semi final, and who was the first team that beat Napoli this season? It was Liverpool. 
There is that. Yeah. But in the league, James, Simonians, I mean, if that Liverpool can beat Napoli, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Napoli got knocked out of the cup by Cremonese. Okay, it was a scratch Napoli side. <laughs> but when Cremonese took them to extra time, Spalletti did put on the big But do you guns. genuinely so how, think how, Inter are going to get past Pimpers? Yeah, Sorry, how Inter. are they going to do it? Okay, let's say Inter beat them over two games. I mean, they've got how? enough good players to do this who've got enough Champions League experience Yeah, but what's the, the tactic then? Do you, do, you, do you play? Do you just defend and then hope for the yeah, best? The same that beat uh, Napoli at San Siro in the first game back in 2023. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's a game that Look, they, I they mean, might have not won is, either. The thing is, everybody... Yes. Is it's Napoli, 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 Napoli. Napoli yeah. going to do the treble, which they can't because they got knocked out of the cup by Cremonese. Right. I would not be surprised if Inter were to make the final. It's, it's entirely in their sort of DNA. It's entirely in Inzaghi's DNA mm. to do this. No. All right. What and a- Inter will have to still play the best team in the league to, because they're fighting for that top four. When Napoli have won the They've won the league already, so they can even rotate. What, they, what are they, they saying in other countries? What was the reaction to the draw in Germany, Rafa? Uh, a sigh. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it was the worst possible draw for Bayern. They didn't want Man City and Pep, and they certainly didn't want Real in a possible semi-final. Mm. Uh, they'd be favourites, I guess, in a final, but to get there won't be... It's amazing Raf didn't get more out of Bayern, given there's a mole in the dressing room. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. all Raf could discern yeah. was a sigh, and that was it. Yeah. You know. Well, you have to protect your sources, James. <laughs> um, <laughs> protect the mole. This Who's is a reference to Sportbild showing some tactical diagrams that Nagelsmann had used before the Bochum game. Mm. And Nagelsmann saying, there is a person, I don't think it's a player, but there's a person that must have been alone in the dressing room and is not on. And he even said to the journalists, okay, you're hurting us domestically, but you're also hurting this team potentially internationally. Should you really be publishing this? Yeah. I don't think it was that much of a big secret, though, how he played against Bochum with a flat back three, etc. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I think Pep Guardiola will will be okay, <laughs> <laughs> even having not seen those diagrams. Alvaro, Spanish take. Okay, there is an understanding that um, the big European sides are in the side of Bayern, mm. Real Madrid, and all that. But I think that there is not enough understanding in Spain of how good Napoli is and how good Benfica is as well. Or because we're talking, we're talking about uh, Napoli. We're not talking <laughs> about Benfica. Really, we're not talking about Benfica here. Yeah. Benfica are doing so well in Portugal that, um, you know, the league is pretty much won for them. In the Champions League, they went through easily in a very tough group. Juve knows about that. And Inter had many problems against Porto. And Porto is very far away from Benfica and the league. So right. watch with them. And mm. in Portugal as well. There is a gulf. <laughs> Where you booked yeah. your trip to uh, Istanbul, James? Of course. 75% yeah. chance yeah. of making Three or four yeah. in that side of the draw. Okay, well, what about the reactions of the Champions League? Did they pay much yeah. attention to the Champions League draw in so France? All about the Europa Conference League for us. Right. Nice, you okay. know, Basel. Nice. Nice getting Basel. <laughs> yeah, we're very happy with that draw. Uh, we talked a lot about it in France on Friday. And that's the biggest competition, really, this season left. So we all fly. Galtier's old club. Who? <laughs> the Marseille guy. Marseille guy, old yeah, club, yeah. The Marseille the guy. Mm. Far from my club. We're going to be talking more about PSG later on. And, of course, more about those Champions League quarterfinals when they get a bit closer. We'll touch on the Europa and Europa Conference League draws, perhaps, yeah, too, later on. But uh, how about next week? touch on El Clasico Woo. This is the Totally Football Show part of the Athletic Podcast Network and sponsored by LiveScore Bet You can get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com It's over 18s only Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org Alright Alvaro Barcelona taking on Real Madrid Sunday evening How was it? Well it was uh, probably the best result that Barcelona got at home in the last four years I can say that without uh, being in danger of uh, getting too carried away. Mm. I think that they didn't get a win like this since they beat Liverpool 3-0 and then they got beaten at Anfield 4-0. 
But, uh, you know, I think that was important for them because they extended their lead over Real Madrid uh, to 12 points. There are 12 games remaining. And you can really tell that uh, the league is almost decided. Now Barcelona has the chance to, you know, just uh, administrate this advantage very well. And I think that they will do it because in the league they have been very reliable. Uh, they have barely conceded the goal. Uh, they have won as many games away than at home and uh, I don't know if Real Madrid is going to keep on fighting until the end but Barcelona has a massive chance of winning the first league in four years which could be something big considering that they are in institutional trouble obviously mm. even the relationship with Real Madrid is uh, very troubled now Florentino Perez didn't travel this time to Barcelona to watch the game there and uh, amid the scandal of uh, Enrique Negreira and the potential corruption and buying of referees, Barcelona got a very, very important win with a few players who, in my opinion, step up and uh, make the difference for Barcelona because Barcelona needed someone else to do that in the absence of Messi and the likes of Rafinha or Frenkie de Jong or uh, even Christensen, for example, they show a really good quality in the most important game in Spain. Mm. Real took the lead in this game after just nine minutes. You mentioned Barcelona's great defensive record. It was actually the first goal they conceded from open play at home all season in the league. Remarkable stuff. Vinicius Junior, whose cross deflected in off Araujo. Uh, Barcelona then uh, equalising through Sergio Roberto. And then Frank Kessie in the 92nd minute. Dramatic scenes. Yeah, it was an apotheosis there uh, because I think that at some point it looked like Real Madrid could win it because uh, they didn't play well in the whole game, Real Madrid. And, uh, it looked like they weren't aware of how much was at the stake because if they drew the game or if they lost it, the league was lost for them. But they didn't start attacking for real until the last 20 minutes when uh, Ancelotti changed the tactics and he brought in Asensio, Vinicius, uh, sorry, uh, Rodrigo, and um, even they scored a goal, uh, but it was disallowed. Marco Asensio scored it and it was just a millimeter, a millimeter that Carlo Ancelotti challenges. That's the funny thing. Uh, if you see the front page of Marca today, it says a un milímetro de la liga, which mm. means a millimeter away from the league. Mm, it's got uh, double meaning here. Uh, Barcelona is a millimeter away from winning the league, but uh, it's also a millimeter what decided the Clásico. Right. And Carlo Ancelotti said that uh, he doubted about that offside. He still wasn't too sure that it was. I mean... It's science, though. Why, why, why should, why should <laughs> managers doubt that line, anyway? Mm. We cannot doubt that line. It's the, first doubt time, it. it's the first time that Carlo Ancelotti says something like that. The game's gone. Uh, I don't know if the game is gone, but... Uh, what are you I'm suggesting, Alfredo? No, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, if you let me tell you, I think that uh, it's very important for uh, Real Madrid to change the narrative, especially mm. because there are two weeks of international break now. And uh, these are the kind of games that if Carlo Ancelotti loses, his future is under questioning and I think that he has to basically go with Real Madrid's narrative right now which is we lost this game but it was just a matter of a millimeter and they casted some doubt about this offside which is something that they haven't seen before okay focus I imagine will be a lot though on the Champions League how heavy a favorite are they for the clash with Chelsea they are favorites but not that heavy favorites why not I would say well, because uh, we have seen them being very good in the Champions League, but not in La Liga. I, I think that they are favourites, but I wouldn't say that they are overwhelmingly favourites this time around. I mean, in the Spanish Cup, they didn't beat Barcelona. Um, then in the Clásico, they were worse than them. Uh, they have been a little bit inconsistent in La Liga. In fact, since uh, the last El Clásico, Real Madrid got 32 points. Barcelona got 47 I mean, that tells you that this side hasn't been consistent and mm. it also expresses the big consistency of Barcelona. So, yes, I think that the draw could have been worse for Real Madrid, but still, it's um, their favourites, but not that favourite. I don't think so. Uh, for the Spanish side, going to Stanford Bridge is never easy. Okay. Any so, this, just a question, uh, this payment that Barcelona have made does not include the VAR? It's just for the <laughs> money roughly? Yes. Well, <laughs> until Semi-automated <laughs> offside. Yeah. Uh, only until 2018. After that, oh, I think that okay. the, mon the money didn't reach that far into these I days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was a good, uh, good win for Barcelona. We can say that. And it was a good display for Spanish football because I think that the game wasn't maybe the highest quality game, but it was very entertaining. 
little bit box to box sometimes. And, uh, you know, as I said before, I mean, a few players uh, show that they've got a true level to play for Barcelona. Christensen, one of them. Uh, it looked like when Real Madrid got Rudiger and Barcelona got Christensen, Real Madrid got the best player. But the truth is that in this campaign, Christensen has been better than Rudiger, mm. number one. And number two, Rafinha. Uh, Rafinha was uh, the number two to Dembélé. Dembélé picked an injury and Rafinha took this... Um, this month as a massive opportunity to step up and to show his level at elite um, games and he has done it. Excellent. Uh, elsewhere in Bizarro Liga as we have this season with the Barcelona grinding out the wins with their incredible defensive record and Atletico Madrid spraying in the goals for fun uh, they went and had a 3-0 win over poor old Valencia this weekend. Yeah, uh, it's a real shame that Atletico is not in Europe right now because they are much better than they were in October and November. Mm. But, um, you know, uh, football seasons are about timing as well. Antoine Griezmann was very good, again, scoring a goal. I mean, he's probably the best player of La Liga right now. This season, he has been incredible, especially after he's playing, knowing that uh, he's the focal point in Atletico de Madrid, with Memphis starting again, a player that I thought that it could take him longer to adapt to Atletico for obvious reasons, especially the work ethics. And I would say that the performance was uh, an all-rounder performance, a pretty good one, yeah. Excellent. Leaves Valencia in the bottom three store. Sevilla, meanwhile, losing 2-0 at Getafe, which means they're only a couple of points outside the bottom three. Of course, Friday saw them paired with Manchester United, the fourth Spanish side that yeah. United will be taking on in the course of their European campaign. And poor Sevilla, by the way, because they are playing against Manchester United, and right now I don't see them winning away anywhere. But they always win the competition when they get to this stage yeah. they've never reached the quarterfinals and not won the but Europa League the, I think that this year is different I think that this year is going to be the exception really uh, because I cannot see them winning away from home because they don't do it they don't do it in La Liga they don't do it in Europe in fact in Europe they went through in the last two rounds winning at home the first leg and then losing the second leg away so I think that this time Manchester United is going to be too much for them definitely mm. and Jorge Sampaoli He's going to get sacked sooner rather than later yeah, anyway. So they true. will have a new manager for that game. I mean, there is a very uh, meaningful moment when Jorge Sampaoli shares a paper with some tactics during a game. I think it was against Barcelona, but I cannot uh, be 100% accurate now. And Acuna took that paper and just broke it. He couldn't care less. He mm. tore it off. So I think that the relationship there is a little bit... Uh, a little bit bad right now between Sevilla Do players. Do we know it was tactical instruction that he wrote Might on that piece of paper? This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> destroy this. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, yeah, the rest of the Europa League draw, right. It's got, uh, well, Juventus taking on Sporting. That'll be tasty. Mm, yeah, nice. Very good, good. Yeah, we'll hear about, a bit more about Juve very, very shortly. They managed to beat Inter. Who are probably the strongest team in the world right the, now? The, one, the, <laughs> team, the team that's going to win the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's it's a year in which Sevilla don't reach the Europa League final and win the Europa League, it's clearly going to be a year Inter. in which Inter reach Champions League final. Yeah, right. This is the bizarro and year. And maybe, maybe Juve reach the Europa League final. Bayer Leverkusen, meantime, what a weekend they had. They're up against Union saint gilloise And it's a rematch of last year's Conference League final as final take on Roma. Much more on both of those teams very, very shortly. This is the Totally Football Show, sponsored by LiveScore Bet. With Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet, you can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet on the biggest football fixtures in the Premier League, the Champions League, the EFL and around the world. So if you think you can successfully pick the first goal scorer, the final score, the total number of corners and whether there'll be a red card, then use Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet to make up to six selections and get a single bet with the combined odds. Or if you can't make up your mind, you can choose from the pre-built quick bet options. Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet. Building a bet just got easier. Find out more at LiveScoreBet.com or by downloading the LiveScore Bet app on Android and iPhone. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Big day in City Out on Sunday. Well, I mean, we talked about this a bit before. The Rome Derby, 1 0 Lazio. And then later on in the evening, we had the Derby d'Italia, which, a bit like the Roman affair, featured uh, finished 1 0. Uh, with a flurry of red cards. Yeah, not uh, always for people who are on the pitch as well, which mm. was uh, very much a theme of the weekend. Um, but uh, proper Juve performance. Proper. This. You know, when when you feel it, when you see it, you yeah. know what it is. And that was just uh, Juve back to... Do you mean dodgy decisions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a bit of cheating. Weird penalties. You know, with yeah. the referee, handballs. Well, <laughs> as, as it happens, there was... There <laughs> The one goal featured three, three handballs. Hand I mean, three handballs, but they didn't have much of a chance to go over it. The week before, four minutes, they had a handball. And uh, Simone Inzaghi, the Inter coach who will be in the Champions League final, said afterwards that uh, this is unacceptable that uh, after the injustice that Inter suffered in Monza yeah. when they had a goal disallowed, which uh, I think would have made it uh, 3-1 to Inter, and instead they ended up drawing that game 2-2, that uh, enough is enough. Um, and... I think he was deflecting from the fact that, okay, that was the deciding goal, but uh, Juventus were by far uh, the better team on the night and felt like a complete performance. Okay, there could have been more goals, um, but certainly Soule had chances in the first half. But uh, just to see sort of Juventus midfield players throwing their bodies on the line, like Locatelli to block that shot from Celanoglu, Bremer, who's probably still got Lukaku and Lautaro in his pocket right now. Um, it was uh, it was very encouraging to see, and you know, Allegri keeps saying that we are really second. You know, mm. we are yeah, just because we got this 15 point penalty, we are the second best team in Italy at the moment, and they hope that on April 19th, when this decision will be made, which is incidentally. I think the same day as the sporting game, which has not Ooh. escaped the attention of the uh, Juventus executives. Mm. So why are you going to take a decision when we've got a big game in yeah. Europe? Um, but certainly the way Allegri is talking, saying we are second, projects a, a level of confidence right. that they can maybe get this overturned. Even if it doesn't get overturned, you kind of back them to make the top four, the way not only they're picking up results and clean sheets, that's five in a row now, in the league, but also the teams above them are dropping points. In this case, Inter at the hands of Juventus. Inter slipping out of second place with Lazio taking over the spot right behind Napoli, but also Roma who were beaten by Lazio. Milan defeated 3-1 by Udinese. Yeah, Milan, very worrying form in 2023. Uh, in fact, if the season had started then, which it didn't, but some people do tables like this, they would mm. be 13th, 13th in this calendar year, James. Wow. Yeah, remember when Stefano Pioli, after Milan beat Tottenham at San Siro, he said, Milan are cured. You know, we've changed system to a back three. We're solid again. We've got Mike Maignan back. Kind of overlooked the fact that they weren't really controlling games in midfield because Tonali is one of the most overhyped players um, of, of that generation. Leao does not really suit playing as a centre-forward when his best form has always been out on the left-hand side. Um, and it's been a real missed opportunity this past week for them because, OK, you can, you can account for them drawing in Florence uh, against a good Fiorentina side, but to uh, draw at home against Salernitana to lose this game against Udinese in Udine. Um, Udinese hadn't won at home in six months. Pretty concerning, really, mm. considering how tight everything is. And, you know, with, with the possibility of Juventus getting this 15-point penalty overturned, then it would be Juventus, uh, Lazio, Inter. And then you've got this kind of scrap, really, between Milan, Roma, who might now look at the Europa League as their best possibility getting right. Champions League because I think there's five points between them and, and Lazio now and you mentioned Juve James uh, again they've shaved half off that 15 point penalty it's only seven points now between mm. them and their top four extraordinary so, pretty extraordinary extraordinary uh, like a new signing that's Latan Ibrahimovic yeah who started at the age of 41 bless he, he, they gave him a penalty he, he kind of 
hit it straight at the keeper. Have another one, Zlatan. And he put that away. <laughs> he did. Joyful scenes. He did. Per una volta, loro due a confronto, Ibrahimovic e Silvestri, 49esimo, parte Ibrahimovic, rete! Confusione potentissima, spiazzato Silvestri, si inginocchia, si prende l'applauso, l'abbraccio dei tifosi rossoneri della tribuna, porta il Milan! I remember it wasn't last season because he spent all of last season out injured practically. Um, but the season before that, he was, you know, throwing his authority around and saying, you know, I should be the penalty taker. But he kept missing them, even though they had Frank Kessie. Uh, and Kessie has a really, really good record from the spot. Kessie, of course. Seriously? Yes. Yeah, he's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Never misses. Kessie was sensational. So... Um, when he missed that first penalty, it was a reminder. Ah, yeah, Slatan in his forties, mm. not that good at penalties. Um, but yeah, became the oldest ever player to score in Serie A. But who um, did he beat? Billy Costacota. Nice. Yeah, who also a lot of people would probably thought Totti, but no, Billy. Yeah, yeah. on um, pen as well. I'm not sure penalty counts should count for those records. Yeah, no. I'm with you, Jules. And uh, and yeah, just a final thought on Milan's problems. You know, if you want to be a High pressing side, which they were when they won the league, then yep. having a 41 year old up front is no. is not really the way to go. Mm. <laughs> all right, Napoli extended their lead at the top amidst all of this to 19 points with a 4 0 win at Torino. And Sampdoria won a game, which is nice. They did. That Osserman goal was yeah. just magnificent again. Just uh, champagne football, spumigiante. Mm. From, uh, from one of the, a pair that he got in this game. He's yeah, now up to well, 21 for the season. The one I'm talking about, I think, was it the third goal um, where there's a Cavaratskelia back heel mm. and then the cross and it's hang time Osimen oh, all yeah, over again. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Even hang time. That's the one. I've been listening to this song <laughs> no, like crazy. Again. <laughs> All right. About hey, just possible, what um, about our old Guti? Guti, yeah, who yeah. was Cavadatskeli's idol when he was growing up in uh, in Georgia. And, uh, and a whole night long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And, yeah. Over the Champions League, didn't they get a shirt to Guti or something? Uh, or? No, yeah. El Chiringuito uh, sent a reporter oh, yeah? with a letter, with a letter from Guti to Karavtskelia and uh, also a shirt for, for the Georgian. And he got a bit emotional. Yeah. Yeah, he got a yeah. bit emotional. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, Italy playing England at the nice. Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, home of uh, Napoli, uh, on yeah. Thursday with, night, James. With Retegui. Retegui, who uh, is uh, a real sign that Italy is struggling to produce strikers uh, at this moment. Immobile is out injured. Scamacca's not had the best of times at West Ham. Um, and so they have called up a player who is scoring goals in Argentina. Mm. Uh, and they expected Retegui, who plays for uh, Tigre, to, uh, to turn them down. Because, you know, if you're... Argentine born and bred and you've just watched Argentina win the World Cup you presumably would like to play for Argentina but he mm. was very honoured to get the call up and will be at Corvecciano today where they've uh, they've all got together and yeah it's football heritage that Italy calling up Argentine strikers yeah but, and Mancini's trying everything because he tried Nonto when nobody knew him in Italy mm. either oh and yeah. he did the same with Zaniolo yeah, he's doing yeah. the same with uh, Pafundi who's a 17 year old who plays for Udinese but he doesn't play for Udinese he's huh? on the bench <laughs> all the time <laughs> um, but uh, you say it's football heritage for I'm thinking for, for Omar Sivori that kind of thing yeah but those are those are players who come to Italy and Ryan. and you know in Sivori's case won a Ballon d'Or I think in, in Italy or yeah, Camoranesi was came mm. to Italy um, a Maori <laughs> from Brazil came to came to Italy it's unusual for them to call up a player who's never played in Italy right. um, and is who doesn't speak the language, I guess, right? It'd be surprising unless, yeah, yeah unless his nan or granddad. Or his no, his granddad is. Yeah. Granddad, is it Bisnon? Yeah. I think it's his granddad. I'm sure it's his granddad. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's yeah. Out of context <laughs> comments from uh, Honigstein there. It's always a granddad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, works yeah. in any case. Yeah, so, um, well, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do if he gets. So, will he, will he start for Italy? Uh, well, Mancini's been talking to say, he said, we'll see which uh -huh. is helpful for mm -hmm. that kind of question that you've just asked, James. I, Im I imagine Willy Nyonto will play because Nyonto was uh, excellent at the weekend against uh, Wolves. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what forward line he goes with because Raspadori, who played in those friendlies of shame um, for for Italy, um, such as against Ralph Raniak's Austria. Mm. Um, Raspadori was up front and Rasper hasn't been playing all that much for Napoli because there you go well next up from uh, Nonto to Shabby <laughs> as we move on to the Bundesliga and a great weekend for the Bayer Leverkusen manager Hello, I'm Mark Chapman, and this week on the Athletic Football Podcast, we're bringing you a two-part special on the future of football. What will the expanded 48-team World Cup look like? And is it actually such a terrible idea? Plus, UEFA against FIFA, a Super League in disguise. How would you feel if your team became part of a multi-club model? There is a lot to get stuck into. Matt Slater, Adam Crafton and Laura Williamson will be with us. Just search for the Athletic Football Podcast wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Bundesliga. Dortmund, as we head into the international break, a point clear at the top of the table. Borussia Dortmund finishing a match day top of the Bundesliga for the first time Ooh. in almost four years. This after they beat Köln 6-1 and Bayern lost to Bayer Leverkusen 2-1. Xavi Alonso's extraordinary, extraordinary form with that club. Who were, Where were they when he picked them up? 17th. Yeah. Now homing in on the European German, spot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jawohl. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, you told us a little about this game and the penalties, but beyond that, were Bayern Leverkusen the better side? What happened to Bayern? They were the better side. And all the Bayern players and the coach, Nagelsmann, admitted it as much, which isn't always the case when they lose. But Leverkusen played with the kind of aggression, organization, efficiency, pace that uh, you would have expected from Bayern, especially after they had a week off effectively whereas Leverkusen of course had that trip to Ferenc Varos and the Europa League to contend with but they looked fresher they looked more on it and for an important game for Bayern that they really needed to win to get a good sense of uh, you know a good atmosphere positivity going into that break uh, none of these things were there and afterwards Nagelsmann said how much were very critical of this Bayern team saying they were lacking Focus, they were lacking aggression, they were lacking mentality, the kind of things that we used to accuse Dortmund of uh, before this uh, start of the calendar year. Since then, they've been kind of the mirror image of what we saw from Bayern when it comes to consistency in the league. And it left many people puzzled just how, even allowing for Leverkusen being very good, how bad Bayern could be because they just weren't really up for it. Their lead was quite flattering when Kimmich scored. It was really the only attack they mustered in the first 45 minutes. They were a little bit better towards the end of the game when they had to chase the lead. But it was very little. And Nagelsmann was talking about some kind of confusion because he changed the system after 10 minutes. He moved from a back five to a back four. And Cancelo apparently didn't really get the message and was still playing sort of a, a wing-back role, even though he was supposed to play the, as, a, as a number 10 uh, further up. That left, Sally, that left uh, Sané in, in the wrong position, and that's why they couldn't really put any pressure on Leverkusen, and they played out from the back almost at their will. And also Sadio Mane was absolutely shockingly poor, uh, along with Müller. They weren't the only ones, but Mane especially after his long injury, still not quite at the races. And Bayern just, yeah, 
couldn't quite believe how bad they were. And they're trying to explain it by way of mentality, application, focus, but there seems to be some bigger issues, which we have talked about mm. on this pod. Uh, and a lot to do with, in my view, the team not still not quite sure what Nagelsmann wants from them some of the time. And that Cancelo incident would suggest maybe there is there is a lack of harmony. Mm. They should read that magazine that had the scoop on Correct. exactly what yeah, is yeah, Have they read that? They yeah. find out. <laughs> One point, Borussia Dortmund's lead. But Rafa, are you ready for a, a Bundesliga won by somebody else? I'm definitely ready. I think the whole Bundesliga is ready for it. Maybe yeah. even Bayern secretly would, would think, you know what, it's good. It's good for business if somebody else wins it. Now, the last time Dortmund went to Munich in a position like this, mm. they weren't quite leading, but they were really generally in a title race. That was in the Niko Kovac season, 18-19. And you know what happened? They got beat like 4-0, 6-1. They lost 5-0 <laughs> in Munich. <laughs> In early April. Right. So Is that when they're going this time? First of April. First of April. So let's see what happens this time. At the moment, Dortmund have all the momentum. They played without uh, Mukoko. They played without Ostshan. They played without Emre Can. They played without Adeyemi. Brandt. Uh, Brandt. It's like some of the most important players of the second half of the season, all not there. Mm. And they still played one of the best games of the season and completely destroyed Köln. With two goals from Royce, two goals from Haller, and they were they were very good. Bellingham zieht in die Mitte von rechts, bringt den Ball an die Strafraumkante und dann springt der Haller vor die Füße und der ist drin, der Ball unter die Latte. Sebastian Haller trifft zum zweiten Mal in diesem Jahr. It was quite funny because a lot of people saw on Saturday night. They said, "Okay, this is a real statement for Bayern, and you know, Bayern have to be careful." I'm sure Munich they were thinking, "Yeah, okay, fine, you can beat Köln, but..." Does it really matter to us? No, we're going to win at Leverkusen and you're still behind us. But no, it's Dortmund with the lead, Dortmund with the advantage and Bayern with a lot of soul-searching to do. Worst possible time, two weeks of noise, two weeks of recriminations, two weeks of maybe more of a mole hunt mm. or the mole hunting more information. Whack-a-mole. Conversely. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's, it's definitely... It's, it's happening. Game on. Right. Hi, Liga. Meanwhile, down the bottom, it's as exciting as ever. And Matarazzo, the uh, Hoffenheim manager, coming up with a big win with his job on the line to move his club up to just outside the playoff spot. Yeah, it's a huge win. 3-1 against Hertha Kramaric with a brace. And as you said, Matarazzo had basically been told before the game, this is it for you. You've lost five in a row. If you keep on losing, you might be the best manager that we know, but mm. we can't have somebody who's just not winning. And they won. And because it's so tight and there's so many teams involved, one win can make all the difference, at least for this week, because they are in a much better position. Uh, Stuttgart, though, Materazzo's former club, going the other way, they lost 1-0 at home to Wolfsburg. And Bruno Labbadia, who was hailed as the Messiah, possibly. By who? When he was brought in, oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought generally might he'd just been be, hailed as the Messiah. He, he might just be a, he might not be the savior. <laughs> he might just be a very pretty boy. Well, indeed. <laughs> indeed. What about um, what about <laughs> really significant result down the bottom is Borkham beat RB Leipzig. Yeah, result important for both mm. um, ends of the table because Leipzig, of course, still very much in the hunt for a Champions League spot. Leipzig weren't that bad; they created chances. But Bochum held, held them off okay. and was a fantastic win for them under Thomas Lech. They've really given themselves a, a big chance of, of surviving. And yeah, it's going to be super, super exciting all the way till the end because we still only have two points between 15th and 18th and five if you count Bochum, who mm. look a little bit safer now, but right. you, you just know that they won't be. So Boslai almost scoring one of the goals of the season. Yeah. He hit the post, but the dribbling before that was just incredible. It was wonderful. He deserved. Nice dribbling this weekend. Eh? Joe Felix to Tarkovsky. I don't know if you saw oh, the that. Touch. I was there. Uh, it's one of the man. nicest There's a couple dribbles. of touches in that game. Oh, my God. Enzo did another one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one I mean. Godfrey, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah. Beautiful. Was there, was there anything of a, a Man City hangover there for RB Leipzig? Uh, possibly. Uh, it's not the ideal preparation to get hammered 7-0. Uh, 
and then go to Bochum. Bochum posed a very different kind of challenge. Um, and you might say their defense was much improved, Leipzig, but yeah, of course, it was a disappointing result for them. And uh, certainly in the case of Timo Werner, he still looks very unlike the player that left Leipzig. Uh, still in a bit of a funk, but not in a P-funk cool way, but you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> um, think I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking a shadow of, of his former oh, self, right. unfortunately. Well... When we mentioned the Europa League draw earlier, mm. touched on Roma Feyenoord. Feyenoord. Yes. Fired up. Yeah, They certainly game. are. 7-1. They beat Shakhtar in the Europa League, qualified for the quarterfinals. That's last Thursday. They followed that up this Sunday yep. by taking on Ajax in Amsterdam and beating them for the first time away since 2005. Sounds like we should dial up our old friend Mikhail Jongsma. Hoekschop van Kukju. Verlengt en raakt. Zo komt Feyenoord op 3-2. Vlak voor tijd. Het doelpunt van Gertruida. En wat een waarde zal dit doelpunt hebben in het verloop van de Eredivisie. Ja, yeah, 3-2 victory for Feyenoord away to Ajax. Setting them six points clear at the top of the table. Mikhail Jongsma joins us now. Mikhail, Feyenoord's first victory away at Ajax since 2005. This was mighty stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It had been a long way. Uh, it's been a long road for Feyenoord as a as a as a team to to arrive at this point where they're actually favorites uh, and are capable of beating Ajax. Because for for most of uh, this this century, even uh, it's been a walk in the park for Ajax. Whenever Feyenoord came to visit, up until yesterday, it was it had been uh, as you say like 18 years uh, since they had pulled uh, pulled pulled away with a victory. And uh, yeah, it's just incredible stuff when you when you consider that this is a team that that's been uh, fairly fairly new fairly um, inexperienced in general and uh, yeah just all all kudos to to Feyenoord and all credits to Arne Slot mostly of all I would say mm-hmm. silencing the Johan Cruyff arena there with that late winner it's been a huge week for Arne Slot's uh, Feyenoord who were 7-1 winners last Thursday in the Europa League over Shakhtar to put their place in the quarterfinals yeah, absolutely. And even though like that, that was was quite a quite an easy game for them in the end. Uh, it, I think it's it's still a game that you have to play, and uh, within three days, uh, playing playing the Klassiker against your your main uh, title rivals and showing up like that is it's just incredible. And finally, they've had a really impressive year so far, um, and and they followed up on a quite an incredible year last year as well, where they reached the finals of the Conference League. And mm. finally, has been ravaged by. By well, clubs picking off their players the last summer, uh, which uh, which is testament to the work that Arne Slot has done, because there were only three starters from uh, from that Conference League final against Roma, uh, were in the in the lineup against Ajax. There were eight new players, and still they they look so incredibly fresh and um, yeah, just well adjusted, and uh, they'll they'll be very keen on on making this uh, a very successful season, and uh, it's really pointing that way as well. Mm particularly keen on doing it against their next opponents, the Europa League, who are, checks notes, oh my word, Roma again, the team that beat them in the Conference League final. The team that there's a little bit of beef about uh, since the meeting in, when was it, 2015, when they, the, the the problems that, that, that they had in, in Rome particularly. You this weekend were off at Groningen Herenven, is that right? Yes, I was. All right, was. how did that go? As a Groningen born and, uh, and bred man, it didn't go so well. Uh, with their Froning and losing a two 0 and they're they're staring relegation in the face for the first time since, uh, well, since the '90s really. Uh, and uh, a very annoyed Iron Robin was seen in the stands as it's his homeboy club as well. Uh, but yeah, the the main talking point was was not the not the football, but uh, an incident where a fan stormed onto the pitch uh, was caught by uh, by by the stewards, and and then uh, fire for the Groningen players decided to. To, to see if they could could basically basically calm the supporters down. Uh, everyone was really annoyed by being 2-0 down against their their local rivals. Uh, but in that uh, situation, Jetro Willems, uh, a new player at Groningen, uh, was punched in the head uh, by a, by a, by well a fan is not not really the right word I suppose. Uh, but that really just uh, yeah it was just a, a a real low in the in the game and a real real weird incident in general. Yeah. Unfortunately, something we seem to be seeing 
a lot of at the moment. All right, so on a more positive note, then six points clear for Feyenoord. Is that the title race done in the Netherlands? It, it kind of looks like it because Ajax were the only team that looks capable of actually sustaining a, a good run of form. Um, and, and they're now six points behind. Uh, and AZ and PSV were, were within six points of Feyenoord uh, until this weekend as well, but both dropped points in, in the weekend. So it really looks like Feyenoord has it, has it basically in their hands and they have quite an easy schedule. They don't, uh, they don't meet any of the, the top sides anymore. So it's, it's going to be probably a fairly comfortable ride uh, to the title. And it's just incredible that, uh, that they've managed to, to pull this off. Uh, because as I said, like it's, it's such a new team. Uh, they, they've had, um, uh, well, just, they've ju- just done some really good business. And Arnest Slot looks like, um, yeah, the, the next best thing when it comes to up, up, up and coming managers. And it, it seems like, uh, yeah, only a matter of time before he, uh, he moves on to, to greener pastures. Mikhail Youngsma. That draw, Ooh, that draw, James, because it's not just, we touch on it with Mikel there, it's not just the Conference League final, it's also the Benini statue. Yeah, that was a disgrace. Um, yeah, I remember that in the Spanish square, jumping in that fountain, chipping off, what is it, La, Bat- La Batqueta. Mm. Um, scenes you don't like to see, James, mm. uh, because Rome is an open museum. Mm. Um, and, you know, fine old fans just came and trashed it. And, Something that uh, Italian mayors and city prefects and police forces are very sensitive to in light of what happened in Naples last week when yeah. they, uh, they issued this ban on Frankfurt fans from traveling. But uh, forgot to stop the Atalanta fans from. Yeah, and Edmund you, James. And you, <laughs> yeah. you. But yeah, and then there's Juventus play Sporting, which is... They played them in the group stages a couple of years ago, the Champions League. Um, but you were looking, as we said, quite good at the moment. Um, well, so. Some breaking news. Rafa? Miroslav Klose has been fired. Do you know what his job was? Um, I don't know, but it's come to a closer. <laughs> <laughs> he was coached at SV Altach in oh, Austria. Yeah. Okay. Is this making the show? Surely not. Yeah. Miroslav yeah, yeah, Klose. Sure. In what closer. division is that? All right, but that's... First. Wha- what club? SV Altach. In which country? Austria. Oh my God! I can't make the show. Come on! All right, Sna- snuck into the running order just ahead of Liga. Oh. Make of that what you will. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> we go France. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Totally Football Show, part of The Athletic Podcast Network. All right, what a way to finish off the show. you got to save for last. the best till last. <laughs> and... Uh, PSG Rennes, yeah. Sunday, Jules. We, we don't have to talk about that. 
Don't have to talk about Kim Kardashian. Yeah. The the Mick Jagger of the 2020s. The curse or the Drake of uh, Yeah, the Drake. Yeah. Yeah. She was at uh, she was at the Emirates to see Arsenal getting eliminated from the Europa yeah. League on Thursday. She turns up at the Parc des Princes, what happens? Well, we lose. We lose because this time I feel at least Arsenal drew and then lost on penalties, but you know. But we invited her on the pitch to make it you know, even worse. So I think the curse, even when she goes on, she actually walks on the pitch where the players are walking, it's probably make the curse even worse because we had an absolute car crash of a performance. Mm. I can take this even further back Ooh. because remember Kim's southern fascination with football started when she was Wore seen out wearing a 1994-95 yeah. sort of Balbo kind of Roma mm. shirt. And so, yeah, of and course, Balbo when Roma lost sense. the derby yeah, this yeah. weekend, then, right. it's this lingering All right. curse of Kim. So it's mainly Kim Kardashian, but also how about Stad Rene? How about Pep Genesio? Amazing. His sixth win against PSG, which is more than anybody else. He has five defeats, one draw, and then six wins now. Incredible. To be fair, his, his plan... It was not as good tactically as the the reverse fixture because obviously they, they won at home as well against PSG. This one, this time it was done a lot to Mondanda being amazing in goal and to mm. be fair, he kept everything out. And then them being quite clinical just before the break, just after the break, then they missed more chances because they could have won 4-0 or 4-1, 4-2 maybe. But but yeah, they, they it felt like watching it. It felt at some point they would score and at some point, uh, psychologically, I think they're, they're the buggy team and you knew it was kind of coming. <laughs> And then did he say, like he save up, even with his face, yeah, he, okay, but, yeah. but PSG not saving face, if you excuse my... No, they hadn't lost there. at home in the league for two years. Yeah. 715 days or something, 35 games in a row. Following on from the... Uh, Champions League exit. Where, where does this leave things? We, we're just going to creak on to the end of the season. Seven points the lead yeah. over Marseille. So to start with, I don't want to talk. I don't want to name the manager's name anymore. I've decided. So he's <laughs> going to be the Marseille guy. There's no chance I mentioned the name of this clown because again, on Sunday it was a disaster, and it's fine. It's fine. Not everybody can manage top clubs, and I think that the problems are deeper than just the manager, by right. the way. But when you say it's a disaster, what was it that was so bad about PSG? So, I mean, it's seven defeats in, in, in the last 18 to start with, which is far too many. Uh, he put Juan Bernard, who is a full seven left back, uh, a centre-back position, which I think even you, Jimbo, could I respect have, that. Could have, could have thought before, mm, I'm not really sure this is a good idea. And guess what? Who is at fault for the two goals? Juan Bernat as a centre-back. Um, and the use of young players, everything. There's just nothing in the way they play. There's just absolutely nothing. His game plan and his tactics really are give the ball to Messi and something will happen. Give the ball to Mbappé, something will happen. And that's just not how you run a team, regardless of the level. But that's not how you are the manager of a team, especially then when it's a big team with a lot of pressure. So he will finish the season because because he will finish the season. And then I really hope he's not there next year, although he's got another year left on his contract. But wow. it's, it's, just, it's just too bad. Now. And, and I think there's too many proofs that he's just not good enough for this level. It's good, it's good for Lille and Nice and Saint-Etienne. Ren, just, maybe. Maybe even then, you're right. You do a swap with Pep Genesio. I'm not sure I would say <laughs> yes to that because I'm not sure if Pep Genesio is, is good enough even for the top, top clubs. But well, it's at least you wouldn't lose to him every time. It's true. That's right. Before we probably lose to the Marseille guy or his new team. I'm wondering if right. Kim and the Kardashians have now become Ren fans uh, on the back of what they saw. Do you think they'll be like Jimbo? They can't really say Ren properly or Reims properly. <laughs> so like say, hey, what game are you at? We are PSG against... Because <laughs> that's how I thought. Salma Hayek's, Salma Hayek's club, no? Salma Hayek, indeed. I wonder if Kim knew that her mate Salma Hayek was the uh, wife, obviously, of the, you know, the owner. Yeah. Mm. Jules, meantime, the other Marseille guy, Igor Tudor, bringing to an end the extraordinary run of Reims will still have been on that 19-game unbeaten run, but it all came to an end this weekend. Yeah, Igor Tudor, who are the best team away from home in France this season, but also in in the big five leagues. I think they are, if not the best, not far from the top. 
They rode their luck because Reims were outstanding, especially in the second half. Balogun hit the post in the last kick of the game. They hit, they hit the woodwork. They hit the post as well just before. Reims, I think, were really unfortunate not to get at least a draw. But Alexis Sanchez scored two goals. The, the first one, the free kick, was outstanding. And Marseille defended for their lives. To, and to be fair, um, for the consistency that they've had away from home, this is typically the kind of performance they would put uh, they would put out away from home. So, mm. well done to them. But Reims, of all the game of the the one game that they lost that incredible unbeaten streak, it's just it felt a bit unfair because they were really really good. They're such a good team. The way he has them pressing, all the movement, the running is is quite remarkable considering the players that they have are. They're good players, but they're nothing, no, no world-class superstars, for example. So no, it was really impressive despite losing the game. Although one world-class superstar perhaps in the making in the shape of a following Bella Gunn, who, who got his 17th goal of the Incredible. season. Incredible. Yeah, and he could have had at least one mm. more, maybe two. Uh, he's scored now against PSG, Monaco, Marseille, all the top clubs pretty much. He's outstanding. The, the pace that he has and his awareness, his intelligence is just brilliant. I don't know, we said about it before, I don't know what Arsenal are going to do in the summer. I don't know if you loan him again. I don't know if you keep him, if you sell him or if you sell Nketiah. But someone will have to go. You can't keep Gabriel Jesus and Nketiah and Balogun at the club and Trossard, etc., etc. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do because he's really, really elite level. Jules, seven points between PSG and Marseille, but... PSG right now oh. on a bit of a wobble. <laughs> They're depressing me. I mean, you've got, you got 10 games left to go. I know. I think Is it, it going to be okay, do you think? I think it should be just about because there'll be games like we saw against Brest the weekend before where Messi and Kylian are just enough to win, but the rest is so poor. And, and Galtier, I'm sorry, and the Marseille guy had some... So some st- stuff that he said after the game about the young player, he said something like it was unsettling for the big stars right. to share a dressing room with youngsters from the academy, uh-huh. which, is, which doesn't even make any sense. He also said when you tune it down against Rennes, hmm, you kind of lose your focus to the second half. I'm like, what? Why are you talking about this? is just basically a communication of a, like a, a mid-table kind of small team manager. This is not, he, I mean, he's at the wrong but club. He he's the, the wrong manager. Look, he's doing my look, head in. James, I mean, you can see why this is really unnerving, Jules. All these academy players, I'm guessing Paris born and bred players, so Jules. So of them. So Calio Mendo, who scored for Rennes today, uh-huh. was the 50th player, 5-0. Right. From the PSG Academy to or from PSG to score against PSG as a former player of the club, right? To score so, against PSG. Yeah. So it's just like you know when you say, "Oh, so and so is going to score because this is former club." Supermoting. No, all, but fifty is a big number. I don't know yeah. exactly. I didn't look at what you know, Barca or Real Madrid or Milan or Inter or whatever. Yeah. But fifty is a lot of players who clearly love scoring against PSG as the former club. You know, Damn. that's what happens. Mm. All right, Jules. Friday night, meanwhile, Lyon and Nantes enjoying a 1-1 draw, which is newsworthy because? Yeah, because Alexandre Lacazette scored, ah. which was his 150th goal uh, for the club, which m- makes him the second highest goal scorer in the club's history, ahead of Bernard Lacombe, who is one of the legends of that club, who's still involved very much. He's way behind Fleury Dinalo, who has 222, I think, so... I mean, I hope Laka can. He's only 31, so he can he can maybe beat him. But but at least he got 250. He was really proud. The family was in the stands for him. Who's you know Lyon born and bred, went to the academy and and came back to the club in the summer. It was a very significant milestone. So well done to him. Okay, who France got in the Euro qualifiers? We have the Netherlands mm. at home on Friday night, and mm. then we go to Ireland. Okay. Yeah. How so are things there? So we lost two players already through injury for Fana and Saliba. So Todibo. You're not counting the other one. Benzema. Benzema. No, no but he was not called up. Okay. So the others two were uh, replaced by Disassi, of course, who was at the World Cup. And then Todibo, who is his, his uh, first ever call up. So well done to him. Uh, we've got good stories. Who's going to be the captain? Is it Kylian or Griezmann? One of the two. Uh, we've got Brice Samba, who's first called up, which is, you know, really, really delighted for him. Uh, and the Turan brothers, of course. Right. Who, um, hopefully we both get involved in the same game. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah, Very tasty. nice. What about Spain, Alvaro? Uh, well, we're playing against Norway. I think this is the biggest highlight that Erling Haaland is going to be in our country. And we're playing against uh, Scotland as well. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think the biggest news, for me at least, is that probably there will be a new goalkeeper because Kepa has been capped 
And I think that there is a big chance that he plays because Unai Simon is injured. I don't think that any way he would have made it to the squad because he's not having the best season and Kepa is having a very good, a very good one. Right. Rafa? Got Peru and Belgium, James. Peru? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How very exciting. He, he seems very excited. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you nice. going to Peru, Raf? Um, I think they're both at home. Okay. So, no. Okay. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for the return. Uh, excellent. Well, we'll be doing a proper look at all of the Euro qualifying fixtures in Thursday's Totally Football Show. But that brings us to the end of today's edition. So, many, many thanks to Raphael Honigstein, to Alvaro Romeo, James Horncastle, Julian Laurence, special guest producer Jesse, and you, listener. Totally Football Show returns, as I say, on Thursday. I do hope you enjoy it. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. So, have a great time in the meanwhile. From all of us here, it's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an athletic media company production and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. Get the latest football betting odds at livescorebet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. The Athletic.